Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's going on, everybody? Happy offseason. Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here. A little less than a month, just a few weeks before training camps will get cranked up. But uh, I had a a great time this last weekend. I got a chance to go see Bucky in... uh, in this environment <laughs> at the opening, which is a high school event. I'll let Bucky explain all about uh, what goes on here. But this is something that, that maybe a lot of you don't know that Bucky spends a lot of his time doing is, is coaching these high school kids. And I got to tell you, look, I know I've been around Bucky for a long time. I know, he's, I know he knows his football. I know he's smart. But I, I'll tell you what, he is a phenomenal teacher with these kids. Just getting a chance to watch uh, Bucky work with these guys during games, off to the side. Buck, I got hats off to you, man. If I lived anywhere near, if I lived anywhere near, I would be sending my boys to uh, to Notre Dame High School so they could get coached by you, man. You did a great job. Uh, thanks so much, DJ. It was, um, man. I I'm glad you had an opportunity to experience it because it is a remarkable event. It's an event put on by Nike uh, Student Sports. We had 166 of the top high school football players uh, competing in like a five day event. And so the quarterbacks and the wide receivers came up early to participate in some of the Elite 11 festivities. Got a chance to work with some great guys. Jerry Rice came through, Larry Fitzgerald talked. Uh, Cooper Cup also came in and helped those guys. And then the final part of the session is really the opening where you have uh, a bunch of different contests. You have a 7-on-7 competition. You have the offensive line and defensive line competing in what is called the Final Five. And it was just a remarkable event to kind of see the next generation of stars. And I think, DJ, you had an opportunity to kind of see what I've been exposed to. You see right away the guys who are going to be the ones that we talk about in three to four years because the alphas that stand out at those events are the ones that we are going to talk about being the next generation of stars in the league level. I think it's a huge help, man. I mean, you've used a lot of this information in the years we've been doing Move the Sticks and referenced these kids back to high school. So for me, I mean, getting a chance, we did a little hour show of Total Access, which was fun, but it was more valuable for me just to be up there for a couple days, be around you and these kids and just go from field to field and watch these different quarterbacks, how they interact, 
who kind of emerges as that, that alpha dog of the group, looking at these skill players. And even the linemen, we saw a ton of one-on-ones. We covered that final five, which is the, uh, the top five offense and defensive linemen going one-on-ones. So these kids are going to big-time schools. So to have that, that frame of mind, not only just kind of see their body type, what that looks like right now, see what kind of competitors they are, um, getting a chance to talk and visit with them. I mean, this is going to be a huge help. Personally, I, I'm stoked for this class to come through in three or four years and be able to look back and see how far they've come. Yeah, I mean, it's going it's to be a huge help uh, going forward. The one thing that I would ask, and I'm going to ask NFL Network to put this request in for you, is to have you come up even earlier because the college counselors that were up there, uh, Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Chubb, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, uh, Derwin James was there, uh, so many guys, uh, Kevin Tolliver, Sam uh, Darnold was up there. For I mean, a Sam Darnold, all the quarterbacks, being able to be around those guys in that environment where we not only have an opportunity to see them talk and give back to the kids, but to see them work out because they worked out with Tom Shaw on a couple of days and to see them move around and to do some of those things. It just gives you a step up. It gives you a level of access that will really help you because so much of the evaluation process is, yeah, about what they do on the field, but how seriously they take their preparation off the field and the character that they have. I think that goes a long ways towards being able to really – go and strongly support somebody with conviction because you really know who they are. All right, I want to get, I'll touch on a couple more of those guys. By the way, we're going to get into some NFL stuff a little bit later on this episode, but uh, want to finish up on, on what we saw there at the opening. You mentioned those college guys, Buck, and, and them working out. Talk with you about them for a little bit. Then I had a chance to just kind of go around the field and, and be around the different coaches that were there uh, that were involved in the workout with these guys and studying them, you know, these college kids during the time up there. And I actually wrote something. I think it'll be up on NFL.com today just on some of the things that you learn from it. And a couple takeaways. Uh, Saquon Barkley, you mentioned from Penn State. Uh, they said that he put on a show catching the football, running routes, catching the ball. I said he tracked it naturally. And I, asked, I said, well, how does he compare to Leonard Fournette, who's come up there previously and gone through that same thing? He said from, a, from just a pass-catching point, it's not close. I mean, he can, he can do a lot more things than Leonard does in the passing game. He said from, you know, if you're going to compare him in that regard, Christian McCaffrey's the best that they've had do it in terms of running routes as a running back, but they said that they would put Barkley more towards that group than they would towards Fournette. Now, not talking about them as runners. Uh, We know Fournette's a stud in that department, but just as pass catchers, they thought Barkley was better. You know, I I, I can see that. I I think Barkley does deserve to be in that uh, conversation with Christian McCaffrey, and there are people in Penn State that will tell you that as well. The one thing that I got in talking to Coach Shaw about Barkley's workout he's like man the kid is super explosive uh, phenomenal lower body strength and that kind of jives with some of the things that I've heard from the people around the program at Penn State and when you add that piece of his route running ability his ability to make plays on the perimeter outside of being a runner it certainly enhances his value and it's one of the reasons why I believe just loosely that he could be a top 10 pick whenever he decides to enter the draft you told me a little bit about um Christian Kirk and everybody else I talked to said the same thing you did. This kid was like a pro, taking notes in there with, with when you bring in the pros to talk to him, talks about how he takes care of his body, was, you know, really a, had a big influence on some of the campers there, explaining just how seriously he takes his craft. And then standing next to him, we were talking about it. I think you compared him to Goodley coming out of Baylor a few years ago, just in terms of body type. He's built like a running back. Uh, a very unique, just kind of a power pack guy. Yeah, very, very thick, um, solid muscle build in Washington because he, he's a two-time participant in the opening. So he came his after his sophomore year in high school then after his junior year. And when you watch him 
work and the, the, I think it's the level of detail and seriousness in which he goes about his craft. You understand that he is going to be a pro. Uh, he talked to me about the importance of graduating in three and a half years. So he will graduate. Um, and if things go right, obviously he, he may come out, but he will be a graduate being able to have those options. And he just had a plan. And I asked him, how are you able to kind of keep the distractions away from you and stay focused. He's like, I understand what I want to get to. I understand what the goal is. And so my sole focus is on my preparation and process, looking at pro tape, looking at guys um, that I think my game is, is like and trying to steal any tips or insight that I can get from those guys. And so it's easy to buy into kids like that because you kind of understand how much they're putting into the preparation when it comes to getting to the next level. Yeah, from a body type, just in terms of, the, uh, of how wide he is and everything, kind of remind me of Golden Tate. Just uh, very similar, you know, very similar. But I think he's a um, he's built he's built like Golden Tate, but I think he's a much better and more refined route runner. Uh, but they are similar because they are big time playmakers. I think to that point, Calvin Ridley got rave reviews yep. for his explosiveness. Um, and talking to some of the coaches there, they talked about. He may be the best one that we've seen come through in terms of his body movements and the things that he was able to do in the workout. And so when you talk to him, he's another one talking about it, Alabama, trusting the process, not knowing as an early guy if he was going to be able to play. But he talked about the most influential person on his career has been Kerry Colbert, um, who is currently now working yeah. at USC, but was a guy when I was at the Carolina Panthers that we drafted in the second round. And he talked about how KC – really helped him in terms of learning how to run routes, how to study defenses, how to understand the nuances of playing the position. And the thing that we know about Alabama receivers, they have been able to have immediate success in the league. Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, some of the other guys. Calvin really could be the next to jump right in and make an impact in the league. Yeah, everybody said that, that talking about the workout, that said that just so smooth, didn't have to gear down at all, getting in and out, just was a real, real polished route runner. Uh, Derwin James, I mean, he's, I said he looks like a power forward the way he's put together. <laughs> I mean, holy moly. That's one of those ones where you, you watch him over the summer, you put a, a big grade on him, and then you see him just walk by. I didn't even see him do anything football related, Bucky, but he was like the Pied Piper. He never stopped talking. Everybody liked being around him. He loved being in the competition. He was helping one of the, one of those teams out. I think he was helping the team actually winning, team. winning the whole thing. The whole speed, thing. Yeah, he helped. He came out full uni. He came out in full <laughs> uniform for the final. Uh, I mean, he just looked like a fun guy to be around. But just physically, just watching him walk by, I was like, man, I got to bump that grade up a little bit. Just off the <laughs> body type here. I mean, he is he is a good looking dude, man. That's what you want your safety to look like. Man, good-looking dude, even better person. I think, DJ, you got exposed to a little bit of the stuff that we talk about when I tell you about the it factor. Yeah. Um, part of the reason I was so in love with Jamal Adams is, like, he and Derwin James are very, very similar in terms of, like, people gravitate towards them, and they are all about ball. When they are anywhere around football, they are about it. And the thing that I learned from Derwin this week was watching him actually coach the DBs, watching mm-hmm. him take them through the pregame warm-ups, this guy's football IQ is extraordinary. And the way that he was able to kind of jump in and be all in, those are the kind of guys that you want on your team. Passionate about football, love football. Football means a lot to them. And so you know that those guys are going to be the ones that kind of draw people towards them. And they can be the positive leaders when you're trying to orchestrate change in your locker room. No question. A couple more guys here. Sam Darnold, who was up there. I, he had already left by the time I got up there. But just asking everybody that had been around him, Buck, Everybody raved about the fact that he's such a humble kid. Um, he's always trying to pick up different things, learn what he can. He's, he knows he doesn't have it all figured out. He's extremely coachable. He takes it all in. 
Um, and the other point that they told me, you know, from a couple different people was, A, everybody's kind of just ticketing him for the draft this next year because he's draft-eligible sophomore. I had more than a few people that have been around him that said, ah, I'm not so sure he's going to do that. I, I, I think Sam, I think, you know, I think he's got a chance to come back and, and play two more years there at USC. I wouldn't put his name in the hopper just yet. I mean, I think that's smart. I had a chance to have a long conversation with him. And, uh, you know, the one thing I would talk about is his humility was striking. Um, mm. For all of the hype that has been around him, he, he was very grounded and focused on like, hey, man, second year started. I'm just trying to get these things right. I'm trying to learn how to lead my team. We got a, a lot of turnover. I'm trying to figure it all out. And I'm trying to figure out how to handle what defenses are going to do to us now that they've seen this offense with me at the helm. Uh, and watching them work out. Um, I got a chance to see parts, bits and pieces of the pro day workout. I know that people have said it was the best workout, the highest graded workout of any camp counselor up there. Well, I would say right away about Darnold, and you've been on um, his bandwagon in terms of his ability to make yeah. unique throws from off platforms. He absolutely can do that. When you watched him roll to his right and to his left, he can deliver the ball with zip, velocity, and put it in that tight mailbox that we always talk about. The other thing that impressed me, his consistency. <clears throat> Consistently able to put the ball where it needed to be put. He's only going to get better. And I know there's been some conversation about that long windup. I know that he is working with Jordan Palmer to shorten up that yep. a little bit, tighten it up. I know at the end of the day, he's going to play like he's always played. But I do believe it's something, it speaks volumes about his self-awareness that he's already taking the initiative to kind of work on those things. He hears the whispers in the crowd. He's trying to make sure that he plays to the best that he can play to help the Trojans, and then whatever happens to the draft happens. Yeah, and I talked to, to Rhett last week on the episode coming out of the Manning Passing Academy that, you know, they said he, he was okay down there, but, you know, Josh Allen, they said, was kind of the best in show just in terms of throwing the ball. It sounds like he had a great workout uh, up there in Oregon. The other quarterback who was not there for the opening, but we've talked about previously, was Josh Rosen, who you got a chance to see throw in L.A. at the uh, at the Elite 11 Finals, I believe is what that was, right, Buck? Yeah, I got a, I got a chance to see him, and I will say this about – uh, the comparisons, because all three guys will be compared this year, Josh Allen, uh, Josh Rosen, and Sam Darnold. I would say that Josh Rosen is probably the most natural thrower of them all and maybe the most talented when it comes to pure throwing. He is a textbook thrower. Um, it is easy for him. He can make every throw in the book. But when it comes down to evaluating those three, a lot of it will be the competitive nature, um, the supreme, uh, kind of like the character that you're looking for at the position. And I think that's where Sam Darnold will get rave reviews. And then Josh Allen is just a freak of nature as an athlete and playmaker. He's a guy that kind of has a little bit of both in there. The big thing for him is he's a gunslinger. Can you get him to tone down a little bit of those high-risk, high-reward throws that sometimes fall, find their way in the hands of other people? Yeah, I wrote about it in this uh, little piece about the talking to different folks that have been around Josh Rosen throughout his high school career and even being around him uh, the other day or down in L.A. when you were there, Buck. They said the two things I hear over and over and over again about Josh Rosen, the maybe the most gifted passer that they've had or that they've been around, and number two, might be the most confident kid, which some people will turn that into maybe ah, he's cocky. Uh, I mean, he, he, he is. They didn't necessarily view it that way. So this kid is supremely confident what he can do. Uh, supremely confident. I, I will say this, and I, I've said this. I believe every elite quarterback that is currently in the league, have they all have a little competitive arrogance to them. It just yep. has to be reined in and channeled in the right, right 
manner. Uh, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, um, Ben Roethlisberger, they all have a level of edginess to them when it comes to their self-belief. The thing about Josh Rosen, he has all of those things. The one thing that coaches will try and dig into is, is he coachable? Can he take the coaching and make the corrections? Will he buy into the program if he sees it a little differently than he wants it to go? That would be the big challenge that people have to determine when they look at him over the next uh, few months. All right. The, uh, a couple other nuggets here real quick, just on some of the veteran guys I got a chance to visit with. A lot of pro players up there. I'll give you a couple quick nuggets on that. Ryan Shazier spent a good bit of time with him. Man, he loves T.J. Watt. He thinks he's got a chance as a rookie to step in, make an immediate impact for this team. Artie Burns talked about him a little bit, said he has made a massive leap from last year to this year. Uh, he's excited about what he's going to do in the upcoming season. Richard Sherman, I talked to you offline, Bucky. Man, I, I was shocked. I, I'd, I'd spent some, a little bit of time with him during the run-up to the draft. I was with the Eagles when he was coming out. I might have spent 30 minutes talking with Richard. I mean, it, he was such a good dude. Kind of blew me away. And maybe it led me to think, man, this might be the most misunderstood guy in the NFL. Yeah, I think, I think he is misunderstood. Having been around him on multiple occasions, um, I know he's insightful. I know he's articulate. I know he has a huge passion for the game and for things that are going on in his community. I think sometimes that is kind of overshadowed by maybe the boisterous personality that comes when the red light appears, when TV cameras are in his face. However, he is a guy that loves the game, loves the process, loves all facets of the competition and playing ball. And so I'm glad you had the opportunity to be around him. He certainly is willing to share information. I'm sure he dropped a couple of nuggets on you that you'll be able to use throughout the fall, particularly as it relates to the position and what the Seattle Seahawks are able to do. Yeah, no, impressive guy. A couple more guys here real quick. And Dominican Sue was there, man, did a nice job working with all those kids. He's been a mainstay at this camp for a long time. O.J. Howard, you mentioned he swallowed the weight room, I think was your mind. Oh, huge. Him for a little bit. He is big, and he is uh, he's excited about the Bucks and what they have coming up. Trent Williams uh, was there from the Redskins. He's, he's in game shape, ready to go. I, I was joking with him. Uh, talking with him a little bit, he said he was actively recruiting for Oklahoma, trying to trying to get some guys to uh, to go there to his alma mater. But he looked good, and I know you got to spend a good bit of time with Odell Beckham. Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. was a rock star. We had the run up to him. We had a little dance competition where the kids didn't know that he was going to show up. He pulls up in a red golf cart, and the place absolutely goes bananas. And it's one of those things that you can't really. Um, explain to people the fascination that kids have. But two days prior to Odell showing up, I had an opportunity to work with the wide receivers, and we're looking at game tape. We popped in Odell, and they are not only amazed at what he does, but they're always fascinated by what he does in the zone. But he is one of the most polished route runners and playmakers that I've seen. And then for him to show up and to kind of share some of that knowledge and insight with the kids was outstanding. But I think you got a chance to feel the Odell Beckham Jr. effect and I think that's why he has a little different level of cachet than some of the other guys that play the position. Yeah, it was it was like a rock star had entered the building when he came up on that uh, that golf cart. It was fun. Uh, all right, Buck, I want to transition a little bit here. I don't know if you saw this, but Von Miller, I don't know what he called it, like a sack academy, whatever you want to call it. He was able to gather a lot of the top pass rushers in the NFL on the Stanford campus and kind of held a little clinic there. We talk about the, the Manning Passing Academy. Uh, where they bring in those high school kids, all the top college quarterbacks roll through there. Haven't really seen this. I don't know that I've seen this before with, with defensive linemen, with edge rushers all coming together and just sharing tips and helping one another out. I thought it was fascinating that Von Miller was able to get that done. And it got me to thinking, if we went position by position and you could just have one guy, one mentor, somebody to run a camp to really kind of 
bring up this next group, these young guys at their positions, who would they be? And it's, it's a fascinating topic. Yeah, it is a fascinating topic. And it, I mean, there's so many different ways to go. But um, I think, obviously, we should start at quarterback. And for me, I yep. think I would want Tom Brady to be yep. that guy. And part of the reason I want Tom Brady to be the lead instructor is because he has done it uh, at the highest level and has been a consistent winner. And when you think about where he came from, a six-round pick takes over. The team is originally a defensive-oriented team. They've switched gears and become more pass-oriented and built around him as a pivotal playmaker, and he's done it with so many different pieces on the outside. He is a guy that elevates the play of those around him, and the fact that he's so competitive, he's so cerebral and understands how to play the game the right way, he is the guy that I would want to kind of spread the message to the masses on how to play the position at the highest level. The other one that I would just mention, because I, I wrote down Brady as well, but I would say Drew Brees. He's another just one. Just because when you look at the preparation and the, the people, that the Chase Daniel kind of taking that, that blueprint, sharing it with Alex Smith when he was with the Chiefs, sharing it with Carson Wentz when he was with the Eagles. Uh, Drew Brees kind of legendary for, for what he does from a preparation standpoint. And when you look at just you know the physical tools, Drew Brees would, wouldn't stack up with the best in the business. But, man, he's performed at an elite level, Hall of Fame level. Uh, for a long period of time. So he'd be somebody I think would be a great teacher. Yeah, I think he would be a great teacher. I think when we go to running back, it's a little trickier trying to figure out which guy you want to be the mentor. Um, on the surface, at, at, at first thought, I'm thinking, man, Levy and Bill being a big back that can run routes and do some things, I think he certainly would be impactful to hear them uh, to hear him share some of his nuggets. I know he struck up a relationship with Christian McCaffrey. I think you could see some of that influence in Christian McCaffrey's game during his final season. But I think the guy that the kids would really love to see and talk to would be Marshawn Lynch. Having yeah. seen him in this environment, he was at the opening a few years ago. He was all in in terms of talking and challenging guys and doing those things. I think he would be a perfect guy to put in, particularly when it comes to power running and also being able to catch the ball out the backfield. No, no, I think I think that is a really good one. I'll tell you what, a, a couple other guys that, that I was thinking of. Um, I want I want somebody that's kind of got some longevity to them that can teach these guys how to take care of their bodies. Frank Gore has been doing it yes. for a long time. I think he'd be a good one to work with some of these younger guys. And I know he hasn't started throughout his career. He's been shared backfield pretty much the whole time. But Le'Veon Bell's partner there, D'Angelo Williams. Yes. Um, a guy that you were around there with Carolina. I think he'd be a good mentor for these young guys. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, at wide receiver, I actually have one of the guys, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, come through and yep. talk to the high schoolers. And you're right. You talk about a mentor. This is a guy that was outstanding in terms of sharing the message. And when you think about his game and how he's been able to transition when his athleticism has faded, he has all the tips and the insight to get those guys to be pros in terms of getting them to show up early, how to take detailed notes. He talked about getting 10 hours of sleep because he's obviously on that Tom Brady plan. Um, he just understands how to be a pro on and off the field. He is the perfect mentor for young guys looking for someone to kind of show them the right way. There's an interesting topic there. We, you know, we always do that thing with the quarterback, one, one throw, one drive, one game, you know, one season. Who would you rather have in that, in that situation? But I've talked with a couple of personnel guys around the league over the years, and it was we always had those you know, fictitious things. All right, hey, the, planet, the, the planet's very existence is on the line. 
uh, you got to have one play at the wide receiver position. Who would you pick? And they all say, I trust Larry Fitzgerald in a, in a clutch moment more than I trust anybody else. I don't care if he's 50 years old. He will find a way to body somebody up, and he will not drop the football. Well, I mean, he has some of the best hands that we've ever seen in the National Football League. Guy plucks the ball out the sky with no hesitation or difficulty. So, yeah, I absolutely trust him. And after talking to him and having plenty of conversations with him, it's all about the preparation process. I trust him because I know he's going to be prepared. He's going to be ready. And when the moment comes, he's going to deliver. I'm with you on Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, that's what I had at the wide receiver position as well. The tight end position, I thought from a teaching standpoint, just having a chance to be around this guy at the combine the last few years, I thought Greg Olson uh, would be a good mentor, have a camp and bring all these young tight ends and work with them. Gronk is so dang talented and somewhat so physically gifted. Um, and look, he is a good technical player, but I just think in terms of the communication aspect, I'm, I'm thinking Greg might be a little bit more what I'm looking for there. <clears throat> I think Greg would be a, a great mentor. I, I think his ability to go from being kind of like one of those fast athletic tight ends to being a traditional tight end that is being able to put his hand in the dirt and block and do some other things. I think there are two other guys that I would use as his assistants or maybe his graduate school teachers. I would take <laughs> Jason Witten, because I think oh, Jason Witten could take guys who may not have all the physical gifts but find a way to get open and create seams. And then I want Antonio Gates to be my special project guy. Any former basketball player that is making a transition, <laughs> I want Antonio Gates to sit down with him and show them how to play because he's been a trendsetter at the position. His ability to go from being a power forward at Kent State to being a Hall of Fame level tight end, I certainly want him in the room. So we could call it the GWO, the Gates Witten Olson <laughs> camp, the GWO camp. That's got a nice little ring to it. Uh, offensive lineman, I think we probably would agree on this one. It would be easy. Joe Thomas, just the, yep. steady, the steady way he's played the game for a long time. I don't think there's much debate there. I think he'd be a good uh, mentor for these guys. We switch over to the defensive side of the ball. Vaughn's already got the D lineman covered, Bucky. Linebacker-wise, what do you think? Whew, that's tough because inside, I want Luke Keekley. Yep. Um, to be a guy that can, can mentor the, uh, the young players at the position. His preparation is second to none. His ability to play and play at a high level and to deliver splash plays, he is the guy that I want because, look, he's kind of like Superman. He looks like Clark Kent outside the lines, but he turns <laughs> into a superhero in between the lines. That's who I want to teach my young guys how to be a pro on and off the field. Yeah, Navarro Bowman I thought would be another one, just a veteran that's been around, done it at a high level, and battled some adversity as well. I think he'd be able to help the guys through some tough situations. Uh, cornerback position, after spending that time, I mentioned spending all that time with Richard Sherman, I was kind of blown away, Bucky. I think he'd be a great person for a young player to learn from. I think Richard Sherman would be one guy that I absolutely would trust uh, with that responsibility and being a mentor. I think Patrick Peterson is yep. another one. I think Patrick Peterson could really take – those super talented guys and kind of show them the importance of being disciplined and detailed. He talked about that in his own career when he had a subpar campaign a couple of seasons ago and how he came back to play at an exceptionally high level. Patrick Peterson understands the game and understands how to play it, not only physically but mentally at the line of scrimmage. Last one, the safety position, Bucky. I mean, I think this is – got to go with Earl Thomas here, don't we? Yeah, we like Earl Thomas. I also like Eric Weddle at that position. Too. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I like both of those guys. I think both of those guys play the game similar in different styles, but both guys are highly intelligent, very articulate, understand how to communicate exactly what's going on in the field and they're playmakers. And at the end of the day, you have to have guys in the middle that can get their hands on the ball. Both of those guys do it better than anyone else in the game. Eric Berry, no, too. I'm with you. Can't forget about him. Of Who's that? Eric Berry. Of 
course. Oh, yeah, Eric Berry's so, a good one, too. Yeah. No Sully wants to put a ball in. Well, well, I have, I have uh, ball, his, ball dad, his dad has a coaching career, so uh, it, it runs in the family. So he, he definitely definitely has the, 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 the pedigree to be, be able to good, be a good coach, too. So Sully's just fired up because we had a defensive lineman commit to, to the University of Knoxville. On, uh, <laughs> yeah. On our opening coverage. Hey, that was an Emerson. Big get. Uh, gonna big be get. Able- By the way, Bucky, you didn't get to see it, I'm sure, but we, we, we had a couple kids come on and commit. And uh, – the best part about that commitment, first of all, it's a neat. It feel great for the kid because that was the one that suffered that gross, uh, that gruesome leg injury. injury. Yes, um, but he had a chance to come in there and announce. But my favorite part, and Sully just chooses not to hear this. My favorite part was the uh, the the university I will probably be attending. Yeah, uh, is the University of Knoxville, uh, not Tennessee University of Knoxville, Knoxville, which was fun in and of itself. But to me, the word probably. Uh, yeah, I don't know how firm that commitment sounded there, Sully. I don't know if you want to take that one to the bank just yet. Uh, huh? do, not taking it to the bank, but I, I'm ex- I, as a Vol fan, you got to be excited about a kid that could be a Malik Jackson type, dropping 30 pounds in the offseason as a as a senior in high school. It's pretty cool, moving inside outside. Buck, I think he's down to Buck, I dropped, 260. I, you knew you know me, Buck. I couldn't help myself. So right when he commits, he commits <laughs> the University of Tennessee. Right yeah. as he does, I go. Uh, my immediate reaction: Hey, man, congratulations! I'll tell you what, there has been a lot of big-time, talented football players come from the University of Tennessee. Also, one terrible total access. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, Dan. Shot in there. <laughs> Love uh, it. Last thing before we go here, Bucky, I wanted to just get your thoughts. Um, I saw the Derek Carr deal come through, and we don't spend a ton of time talking about salary cap and money and all that kind of stuff, but my, I'll, I'm kind of, I'll go on record right now. I will be very surprised if Kirk Cousins' deal doesn't eclipse Derek Carr's deal. Uh, I think it was because I think he has the leverage to eclipse it. I think Kirk Cousins will surpass Derek Carr, but Matthew Stafford is going to be the one Woo. that I think pushes the position into the $30 million a year category. Uh, Kirk Cousins has the leverage. Kirk Cousins has the ability, if he played on the franchise tag again, it would be $34 million. I can't see him coming in at less than $25 million, particularly after Derek Carr. And, you know, it is all about – you know, what you can get when you have the leverage. And I think he certainly has the leverage because he has suitors. Uh, He's one of a handful of quarterbacks that will be on the open market. So he's on command a hefty penny. We're going to see him get a deal whenever it's done that comes in well over $25 million per. Yeah, no question. I think he's going to reset that market. And like you said, I think Matthew Stafford, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. When Matthew Stafford retires, he will more than likely go down as the wealthiest NFL player in history, just in terms of what he's made on the football field, no question. Absolutely, because he's already had a hundred million dollar deal. This somebody said this his, is his fourth. This is going to be his fourth contract. Uh, I think I, I thought, thought third, this would be but third. then somebody told this, me his fourth. I, I think like, this would be his third because he had the came rookie, in when he was twenty. He had the rookie deal, then he came back and he hit him with the hundred million dollar deal after that or whatever it was he signed. But he signed short term. I think he may come in. I don't know if this is going to be like the super long deal. I think mm-hmm. he maybe ties it to, to the, the expiration, ties it to the expiration of the CBA, so he can go for one more, one last money grab. Man, uh, good for Matt Stafford. Had a boy. Um, all right, hey, that's uh, that's about all the time we have. You know why? You know why I have to cut this short, Bucky? Because I got to, uh, I got to take my son. We looked at a little summer. We looked at a little summer school work around here. <laughs> so I got to get him over to an appointment here. So I got to get running. But uh, man, it was great to see you up there again. Tip of the cap, Buck. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I had a great time watching the kids and learned a lot there. But 
you know, I, I have I have four kids and they're all involved in youth sports. So I know a good coach from a bad coach. And Bucky Brooks is a great coach. So for those uh, for those that are looking for some extra work, if you've got a receiver on your hands, really any position, Bucky can coach it all. Uh, you do some stuff on the side with this, Buck. I you you don't have you never told me to pump this up. I'm pumping it up for you. <laughs> if you want to get some good instruction, Bucky's as good as it gets. Hey man, appreciate it. I'm glad you had a chance to come up. We got to get you up there more often so you can see the next generation of stars. No, it was it was a great time, man. But it's good to have you back. It's good to be back together. We'll be back together uh, in studio together here uh, soon. We got the football season coming up, and uh, we're both looking forward to it. College football, NFL football, we'll have you covered here on Move the Sticks. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 